We are live. Uh, hey, Jordan, how are you doing? How's it going? What's up, skeptics? Welcome to a special live episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. Yeah, it's the 50th episode we've done, give or take. I think I did the math on it, but we're calling this one the 50th, and we're kind of doing a little celebration video here. I mean, so, If we say it's 50, who's nobody's going to check, so it's 50. Sole source yeah. of truth, baby. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What we say is truth no matter what. But Right. Remember that. Don't check us. Check everybody else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's our 50th and we thought we'd be real YouTubers and do a live stream uh, because that's what YouTubers do. And also because it's hopefully a lot less work. Definitely don't have to edit it. So that's cool. Yeah. So Flaws yeah. and all. You will see everything here. But yep. today we're doing something a little special. Um, so in celebration of the 50th and kind of keep it more lighthearted. We found one of these videos on the interwebs where it's like 10 questions for atheists, you know, um, Jordan actually found this one. So, and they're everywhere. Like you're going to trip over all of them in order you go. And most of them are garbage. Right. But this one seems like they're actually decent questions that are mostly genuine and could engender some good conversation. You've probably seen this one done by every other atheist. So we'll do it too. Why not? Yeah. And the thing is, we uh, we listened to the questions once through just to make sure like it was a good topic, but our answers are going to be pretty off the cuff. We didn't do any preparation yeah. for them or anything we like that. So talk to each other about it. Yeah. So our answers may differ, which is good, but we want to give genuine responses and not something canned, you know. I am pretty sure they are going to differ, particularly <laughs> on the definition of atheism. So I, I'm sure it will be. So, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so normally we do a uh, fallacy of the day. Uh, however, we're not doing one today, but I did want to ask you, Jordan, did you have a, a favorite fallacy? Like one like that's your go-to fallacy? Like my favorite fallacy, just like to, yeah, just, to just in general, just, oh, the, yeah. fallacy, the fallacy fallacy for sure. Yeah. Because it's probably the one that it, it's the most annoying one The and the fallacy fallacy for those who haven't been listening to the podcast is where you say your argument is fallacious. You committed whatever fallacy, therefore your conclusion is wrong. Right. And that's not true. You can have a correct conclusion, um, even if the argument that got you there is fallacious. And it's possible that like the fallacy you committed didn't doesn't actually like substantively affect your point, you know? So it kind of covers both of those things. Yeah. I think mine is probably, you know, just good old simple false dichotomy, you know. False dichotomy is always good. Yeah. yeah. You're either, you know, you're either with us or against us. No other option. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I get distracted here because we got a, a comment. This is my first time doing live stuff. But uh, so if you see me getting distracted, we can respond to the comments. Squirrel. Um, squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So and but um, so do you want to just jump right in and start answering uh, these questions? If anybody does start watching and wants to ask us a question, we're more than happy to answer it. Um, you so, will have our undivided attention. Yes, especially since there's yeah. two people watching right now. But <laughs> uh, well, let me add these questions here and we can jump right in and kind of if you want to pause me, just pause me and we can see what we see. Yep. But. Yeah, so this question is from Trinity Radio. The worldview discussions space can be so combative. And when atheists Just and Christians come up question. with lists of questions that they yeah. don't think the other side can 39 answer. 39 seconds. Those questions usually aren't genuine. Here we go. What facts about reality that you and I agree are real facts about the way the world is, does your worldview account for, but my Christianity doesn't account for, or at least doesn't account for well. And for those. So. Hmm. So uh, he goes on to list things that he thinks qualify like, and his list is, is wild. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to, to answer his question, I'm going to go with none. Like, yeah. Uh, so it, it, I think it comes down to what you mean by accounts for well. Right. Because. Um, the point I think he's trying to make is that uh, Christianity has an explanation for all of the evidence in the universe, right? For all of the observations. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you get many points for having an explanation. It could right? be a bad explanation, right? Exactly. Like your 
your theory can account for the evidence. Well, okay. I mean, flat earth accounts for the evidence. It accounts for it very poorly, but yeah. it does account for it. You know, like, like and, and being able to account for all of the evidence. I mean, you can do that with any theory if you're willing to be ad hoc enough. Right. Right. Well, the one thing I'd like to point out for this response is uh, <coughs> I think there's a bit of an assumption here that because I'm an atheist, I have a specific worldview that it even accounts for that. Right. Like, well, to be fair, if why don't you play? Uh, All right, let's see what he says. He expounds it for a little bit. Yeah. Those of you that would point out atheism isn't a worldview. I'm talking Ding. about you, your worldview <laughs> that includes atheism. I can't think of any. Christianity accounts for evil, suffering, the existence of other religions, including supernatural events in those other religions, science, and differences among different denominations of Christianity. But All right. So, so I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say that. He asks, like, what does my worldview account for better than Christianity? I think evil is chief among them. Yeah. There, there are theodicies, and for anybody watching who isn't Charlie Dave, who I know is very familiar with that word, but everybody else, uh, theodicy is basically a fancy name for an answer to the problem of evil. Why is there evil in the world if God is all-powerful and also good, right? Um, so there are theodicies, there are answers, but I don't think any of them are very good answers, and it's certainly a problem. Like, there's a reason there's a special name just for answers to this question, right? Uh, so, whereas in an atheistic worldview like mine own, evil's like not a not a problem at all. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's it, it it's just exactly what you would expect. The world is big and doesn't care at all about human beings or our feelings. You know. So. Well, yeah, I I feel like so some of these <laughs> questions. I think he's trying to get like a got you kind of thing like hey look you know your worldview actually kind of sucks so you can't answer these questions at least honestly but well i i think so what he's being charitable i think what he's trying to point out is that um our worldviews at least both explain the evidence i think is what he's trying to say yeah. uh but he goes on let's let's play again because he's about to talk about stuff that he thinks his worldview explains better one of them was science, so. But I can think of many things that the most common worldviews that include atheism don't answer as well as I think Christianity does. Like universal supernatural claims, universal religious experiences, free will, morality, near-death experiences, beauty, the rapid expansion of the early church, the events surrounding the life and death of Jesus of Nazareth, and our shared longing for purpose and meaning. So what is it that Christianity doesn't answer as well as your worldview? Okay. okay. So <laughs> I didn't hear anything there that my worldview has any problems explaining. No, I would. Yeah, I think maybe not the explanation that he would like, but I'm sure we right. could give an explanation for all so, those things. So yeah. universal supernatural claims. I mean, they're all being made by humans. Humans have a shared nature. So if there's something in human nature that leads to us uh, recognizing supernatural things or, or detecting agency, then that would be an explanation for that. Uh, the rapid expanse of the early church is just how populations work. And the fact that the early church had the innovation in its own culture of being monotheistic and also proselytizing, yeah. which wasn't a thing around them. The Jews were monotheistic, but they didn't care if anybody else was Jewish. And the uh, various polytheistic religions the pagan religions didn't proselytize there wasn't like an idea that you it was just like who cares what you believe just make your sacrifice right yeah. so the christians and paul in particular came up with like the idea almost it was like the innovation that got them on on the scene of no our god is the only one you can worship and so every new christian stopped being a pagan and because of the way that religion and families worked, you know, if you converted the head of the family, it got the whole family. And because people tend to pass on the religions to their kids, um, it's just, unless something steps in and stops it, then the population is just going to grow exponentially and, until eventually you reach a saturation point, which is exactly what happened. So it's not like, if you do the math of like the population of the early church and Bart Ehrman alludes to some paper that does it in his book, the triumph of Christianity, but you can like do the math. And I think if you say like every group of, I think it was like, like if every group of 10 Christians converts a Christian every decade, it was something like that. Yeah. Something, then, and something really small too, right? Just to, yeah, it, yeah. It was like, if, if every church gets a new convert every decade, 
that's like like that's all you need. It was it was a very small amount to get, and it feels it feels like that wouldn't be enough, right? Because humans are really really bad at exponential growth curves. We don't understand naturally. Well, we don't understand big numbers as humans right. in general. So right. Yeah. So if you see a curve that looks like this, then your mind wants to say it's just going to go like this, but in fact it's going like this, right? That's how exponents work. So that's all that is. That was a long tangent on that one piece, but I, so I'm not going to say like Christianity doesn't have answers. They have, obviously they have explanations for all of those things, but in order to use their explanations, they have to invoke a God. They have to invoke this other being. They have to invoke the supernatural and all that other baggage. So if we can have an explanation without that baggage, right? then great. Well, to get back to his point about atheism and worldview and stuff, because I would say that atheism isn't a worldview. It's just it's on a no. single topic thing. Uh, I would say that most atheists tend to be naturalists, though. I mean, would you consider your worldview like a naturalistic worldview, or do you have like a yeah. different sort of frame that you view the world in? The two aren't synonymous. I mean, there are atheists who believe in the supernatural and sure. all kinds of woo-woo yeah. stuff, but I don't. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm not like philosophically committed to there only being a natural. I'm open to the idea of there being more, but I've yet to be convinced of that. You know, I don't see any good reason for it. I think most people haven't really given much thought to what their actual worldview is. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it's like, oh, I, this is how I view the world. It's my worldview. So, right, yeah. Well, let's, All right. You want to dive Wrong. into number yeah. two? Let's go to number two. If your definition of atheism is merely that it's a lack of belief in God and you're just waiting to be convinced, but then you speak of him as though he's in some way synonymous with Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, or fairies, doesn't that at least send the message to your listeners that you actually believe that there is no God? After you want to stop right there? Yeah, so I don't subscribe to that definition anymore thanks in part to trolley dave and his uh his uh show so thanks for that but uh i don't know do you still subscribe to that definition yeah i think so um i i understand there's a difference between like a philosophical definition of atheism and a practical definition of atheism um but what i would say is when it comes to like a very specific god so if you're talking about christianity I would say that I, I don't believe that the Christian God exists, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to just a God in general, I would say that I just, I lack a belief in that God. Like I don't, or does that make sense? Like I kind of tiptoe the line on both of them. So feel free to tear me apart here. So <laughs> uh, when you say you lack belief, what do you mean? Like, because there's a difference between lacking knowledge and lacking belief. I lack knowledge. It, when it comes to like very specific claims, like you sure. said, I might be, I may make a stronger claim. So, like, uh, triomni God, I would say that I, 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 I believe I, I know enough to say that that doesn't exist because I think it's logically inconsistent, right? But with every other God, I believe that they don't exist. I don't know that they don't exist, but I believe they don't. Sure. I mean, if you're going to say it like that, um, but I think, what I'm trying to get at is like, you have to be presented a subject first before you can make a decision on whether you have a belief or not in that subject. So you have to have some sort of knowledge, whether that knowledge is nothing, right? Well, so, but you've been, it's not like you've never been exposed to God concepts. Like you, you know, like you, you don't right. necessarily know the ins and outs of this particular claim, right? But broadly speaking, you know what people mean when they say they believe in God. And sure. so it seems less like you, you it, it, I suspect that if you had to, to put your confidence somewhere on a scale of zero being absolutely not at all convinced and a hundred percent being, you are convinced you'd be somewhere 49% or less in the God concept in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're less than 50% convinced, don't you not believe it? Don't you believe that it doesn't exist? Sure. Yeah. I don't believe but I mean, I think it's it's semantic at that point, right? Like, it's well, is, is there a difference between not believe in this? Unless you're going to like withhold judgment, in which case you're like going into agnosticism. If you're going to say uh, you don't believe, isn't it? Aren't you effectively saying I believe that they do not? 
Like why? Yeah, why it, effectively, you yes. Yeah. And I think the I think why this became an issue or a topic in general was because atheists were trying to not take a burden of proof on, and so they were going to great extents to say, well, I don't have to give evidence for my my not believing in a god because it's not actually it's just a lack of belief right and that's kind of where this became popular i agree but i don't think that the burden that we as atheists take on is particularly onerous because uh i i don't think i'm making that big of a claim to say well there's a natural world it explains everything i see around me and i haven't seen any good evidence to put anything beyond that so i don't believe it i believe there are no gods i think that's sufficient like that that's a justification for my belief. Where it comes down to me and why I, I may stick to the the lacking of belief is because I don't have a belief in a God. Like I, I truly don't have a belief in a God. Right. So um so I, therefore right. I lack that belief. But when it comes down to it, like I'm not trying to hide behind that as like a reason not to take on the burden of proof. Like I am completely comfortable saying <coughs> that I don't have I don't believe in a God or don't believe in any gods in general. So But then you don't just lack belief. You also have a positive belief that they don't exist, right? Do I though? Do I? I mean, don't you? By, I feel like you do. <laughs> do I believe that no gods exist at all? Yeah, like, like, not, okay, not yeah. no. Not, okay, like, it's, you're definitely not making that claim. I wouldn't make that claim. How the right. fuck? Right. Exactly. On a live stream. How the hell should I know? Right. But like, there's a difference between what I know and what I believe. What I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that there are no gods. But I'm always open to, to being convinced otherwise. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you really want to push me, I guess I would say that. But like it, at the end of the day, like it really doesn't matter to me. Like, you know, like I'm not going to die on that hill. Like you could you could easily sway me right now. Or, and you probably have swayed me right now. Like, oh, Jared. No, no we're dying on that hill. We're I no longer as, lack lack beliefs. <laughs> as as we know in the atheist community, this is the single most important question of our generation. So. It's pretty important right up there with, you know. All right, let's go on to question two. Anyways, yeah, so this question doesn't matter to me, whether or not I believe or lack of belief. And I, so question three. Boop. When atheism becomes a part of someone's worldview, they typically change their positions on other issues like abortion, sexual morality, and a number of other things. I actually have several videos of well-known atheists saying that there's nothing wrong with prostitution, that they hope their children don't save themselves until marriage, and that sex workers should be put up on a pedestal no different than the military. I didn't use those here because I didn't want to seem combative to individuals, specifically the individuals who made those statements. But even if you didn't become an atheist just so you could sin, and I believe you, do you at least understand why those moves could send that message to people who might say that to you? Okay. Here we go. The, so y'all just want to so sin, right? He, he, he believed us, so I'll believe him when yeah. he says that. Uh, for, and a little bit of like a little poisoning the well, like I'm not right. going to mention all the people who think it's prostitution and like, like you just did mention it though. Like you literally just for, mentioned it. For the record, I have no problem with sex workers. I mean, I'm a, do I don't think either them or the military should particularly I mean, like, I don't know why we're putting anyone on a pedestal, but uh, if you want to shake what your mama gave you, man, you should rock make on. That, shake that okay. moneymaker, right? Make so that money, right? Yeah. Uh, so to answer this guy's question, no, I so my deconversion preceded my changing of various social beliefs. In fact, like, so I used to be a young earth creationist and like very fundamentalist and um I won't go through the whole story. If you like watch the first episode of the podcast, we like right. go through our deconversion stories. Uh, but basically I was handed a book. It had a bunch of questions uh, that I didn't have the answers to. And eventually I uh, deconverted. Right. And so like after deconverting, I had to go through all of these beliefs that I had about homosexuality, about trans rights, about all and like kind of like, like reexamine them. Like, okay, well I used to believe this because the Bible. Now I don't believe in the Bible. Do I still believe this? You know? So for me, it was, directly opposite it was the it was a flippy flop yeah i had i definitely changed my my views on certain things after deconverting because i started going examining well if i no longer have this previously you know held belief what other things may i have been wrong on and so i used to look at a bunch of things and you know became more i was 
diehard vegan for a long time, but now, but like, so that was one thing that changed as a part of that process, right? Examining things. So, so now I will say when, when he first started asking the question, I was like, Oh God, here we go again. Like y'all just want to sin. But I think he brings up a potentially valid point in that because people, when they deconvert tend to change their social beliefs to some extent, um, that, it might give the impression that that was like a cause, which it's fair, I guess. Um, I, I on the one like I see where he's coming from, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, like I think all that tells us is that um, you know that the Bible was a foundation for our beliefs before. If you remove someone a foundation of someone's belief system, I mean, of course their beliefs are going to change, right? Like right. It would be weird if they didn't, right? Exactly. Right. So, like, like, if you didn't change any of your beliefs, then were you really basing them on the Bible? You know, I... I, I don't know. Like, and I don't get I, how I this feel, feel like, pertains to the, I don't want to, y'all just want to sin thing, though, right? Because... I, I feel like whichever way it went, you could make an objection. Either, well, y'all just want to sin. And he says it's not what he's saying. He's just asking, couldn't it give that impression? Okay, fine. But you could say, well, you changed your beliefs when you deconverted. Is that why? But then if I don't change my beliefs, well, doesn't that show that the, that the Bible's right? You know, because it's written on your heart or whatever, you know? Yeah. I feel like you can't win either way. To answer his question about the perceiving it like I just want to sin. Like I can understand that, especially if you came from a conservative thing. And I think a lot of people would change their beliefs and they be, tend to become more liberal on certain uh, topics when they deconvert but if you don't believe you don't have a concept of sin anymore anyways so it doesn't really (laughs) um, well like okay so if i i think even beyond the fact that the 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 causation was flipped for me even if you mm -hmm. set that aside um like if you just look at my life if i was just going in for it to sin right if I was like, let, let's just do it. Let's let's hook up and blow, boys. <laughs> like, I live a pretty mundane life. I have a wife and four kids. I go to work. We don't like, like, I drink occasionally, but I don't, like, I'm not like, you know, shooting heroin or like snorting cocaine or anything. Like, there's a lot of crazier stuff I could be doing if that was my goal. Right. You know? Well, I think I mentioned this before on the channel, too. Like, I think I live a better life now after being an atheist than I did before, because before like I was a bad Christian and I was like, Oh, I could just ask for forgiveness for this. You know, like, <laughs> so like I had the easy out. Right. So, um, I think yeah. that I, I think it's fair to say that I, I think I'm a better person now than I was when I was a Christian. Uh, part of that's just the fact that I'm older, you know, and I'm more experienced. So I'd like to think I'm getting better over time. Part of that is also like, because I was fundamentalist, there was a lot of fire and brimstone and like, don't judge, but you know, let's judge a little bit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just yeah, a smidge. So. yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's jump on to the next one. Drive it on. Question four. If it's a lack of belief, sort of atheism, what is it? Is it 50, 50, 60, 40, 75, 25. And at what point do you feel disingenuous saying that you merely lack a belief as opposed to leaning towards, I believe that God does not exist. All right. So we answered this one already. I don't understand what the point of this question is, like why this well, matters. So I think I do, because if you look at somebody like Aaron Ra or Matt Dillahunty, and who are like big names in the atheist community who are hard chargers in the lack theism definition, right? No, mm-hmm. Not so much like that's what they believe, but they tend to be prescriptive about it. Like this is the correct definition. And if you don't use it, you're wrong, you know, which is where I take issue. Like use whatever word you want. You know, I'm not going to tell you how to label yourself. Just tell me what you mean. But if you try to prescribe it on other people, that's where we have an issue. But I I do agree that um, it doesn't feel like a lack of belief um, when you're talking to someone like that, because they, they are make it very clear that they don't think God exists. Right. I don't yeah. think anybody could talk to Matt Dillahunty for any length of time and walk away thinking that he is in any any way confused or not sure. Like, yeah, I understand he's not 100 percent sure. Like there's levels of, of under, like I get that. But like he, he seems to have pretty much concluded there's no God. Right. 
I, th- I, I, I hope he would at least agree with that. Based on, I've watched a lot of those videos, and I think that's probably the case. But so I think it, it does seem a little disingenuous to say you merely lack belief. When do you really lack belief? Because it seems like you believe that there's no God, in the same way as you believe there's no Santa Claus, you believe there's no fa- tooth fairy or whatever. Right? Yeah, I, I get that. Um, so I guess. Maybe I just don't interact with as many Christians or atheists who are as diehard on the that hill when it comes to probably good. The, like, you'd pro- it's probably healthier for you. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, but, I, uh, I I will say that I when I was a lactheist, I was that a lactheist. Is that what you call yourself? Yeah. Well, I, so a lot of people who are in the lack of belief atheism like get very angry and offended if you say it's lactheism. I used to call myself lactheist. Like, this is great. This is a perfect label. Like I'm a lack of belief atheist lactheist. It just rolls right off the tongue, you know. It's perfect. <laughs> but so, anyways, um, no. when I when I was of that persuasion, it was because I was confusing knowledge claims with belief claims. So, like, I was like, well, I don't know that there's no God, so therefore I lack belief. But the, those are two; not, they're not the same thing, you know. Right. Cool. So. Let's go on to question five. Halfway there. Now, I know we've all got our talking points, but I want you to struggle to be as sincere with yourself as you can right now. Mm. Doesn't it bother you a little bit that when we come to talk about the origins of the universe, and if there's a multiverse, the origin of that too, that the only real options you've got besides God is a past infinite universe, which is impossible, or the universe coming to exist uncaused out of nothing, or something far less clear than even those. False trichotomy. False (laughs) trichotomy. And does it bother me? No, 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 I don't care. Not (laughs) the slightest. Yeah. So I am comfortable saying, I don't know. Yeah. It it doesn't, I would like to know things, but it, it, the concept, the idea that I don't know something doesn't bother me, which seems like it bothers at least some Christians. Like it, it, I get the impression that, and kind of from this, when he was talking earlier about like be having an explanation, an explanation, right? And here, like, it feels like I'm getting the impression that not knowing something is considered like a bad thing. But that's just the way it is. Like, there are going to be things we don't know. And that's okay. Like, we're talking about the origins of the universe 14 billion years ago. The fact that we don't know exactly what goes on, like that doesn't seem that surprising to me. The fact that we know what we know now is freaking astonishing. Like that should blow your mind, but totally. Uh, But I will say like, he's very dismissive. Like, well, it's either a past infinite universe and that couldn't exist Uh, citation, please. How, how did you come to that conclusion? I understand this video isn't to argue for that. I'm sure he has other videos where he does argue for that. I get it. But like, I don't think it's established that you can't have a past infinite universe. William Lane Craig is convinced he is, but I don't agree with him. So (laughs) I I don't see any reason why you couldn't have a past infinite universe. And if we're talking like the multiverse, uh, various forms of the multiverse hypothesis, I don't think we know which one exists, but basically we're at the point where we don't know. Nobody knows, but there are enough reasonable, plausible, natural explanations that like have merit that are being investigated that I feel comfortable in saying, okay, well, we don't know, but it's probably premature to say we don't know. Therefore, we do know, and it's actually this. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, but he asked you to be really honest, Jordan, like really honest with yourself. Deep down inside, you, it does bother you, though, right? No. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, How does it not bother you though? Because it, you don't know though. I no, I don't know. Yeah, I, this this question is is crazy to me because like I I I don't care. Um, like if, if we found out tomorrow, like it was infinite, wouldn't wouldn't affect my day to day life at all in the slightest. Um, well, I also think that like getting on the trichotomy thing is um, like it, it's not it's either past infinite or it came from nothing. Well, what do you mean by nothing? Like, like either one, I don't think I'm forced to go with God. And that's a a great point. Like part of what makes life exciting is that I can say, I don't know, because there's more stuff out there for me to know. Like if I knew everything, life would be pretty boring. I would think. Thanks for the comment, Vesta. That's a, that's a great point. So it's a great point. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. And I, I don't think that while I, 
I mean, I'm fascinated with the question just because I think it's an interesting question of physics. But I, I frankly don't see why it's a slam dunk for theism if the universe had a definite beginning 13.8 billion years ago. Like, I, I don't. Right. That, William Way Craig likes to make that jump. You know, the universe had had a had a cause, and therefore that cause is timeless, spaceless. Blah 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 blah. Cares who you sleep with. Uh, is really worried about <laughs> shellfish. You know, but, and wears blue socks on Tuesday. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Just making up crap so he can fit his god in there. But yeah, there's uh, yeah, it, it's uh, he talks yeah, a little so, bit more about that, but I think we should just skip through that because his question was, does it bother us? Doesn't bother us. We don't no. know. We're we're fine saying that. So yep, we're in agreement there. Let's go on to question six, which is at four thirty-five. Of the arguments for God's existence, is there one that to you seems more interesting than the rest? Is there one that for you actually does weigh in favor of theism? Which one? Um, well, so I think this weighed, is, <laughs> yeah. I think this is one of the best questions of the 10. Um, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, though. No, I mean, if I think one wavers and like favors in ways, ways in favor. and the, ways, wavers, way favors ways in the favor of theism, then, you know, I'd be more persuaded by theism, right? But just in general, we've talked about arguments and we've talked about a lot of the arguments for God on this channel in the past. Um, there's a couple that I find interesting, uh, you know, maybe some of the more ontological arguments that kind of get like the philosophical stuff, like, but... See, it's funny because I think the ontological arguments are are completely, like, uninteresting. Like, yeah, they they don't do they do absolutely nothing for me. Uh, but I, for me, the ones that I find the most interesting are the cosmological qu argument. Not because I find it persuasive, just because I think physics is neat. You know, uh, when you say cosmological, you're talking about like fine tuning, like or well, like uh, the Kalam. I was thinking more like the Kalam, like origins okay. of uh, of the universe. But then fine tuning, I think I'm not persuaded by it, obviously. Uh, but I think it's one of the stronger arguments just because it makes intuitive sense for anyone who doesn't know the fine tuning argument is basically looking at the universe and saying it's fine tuned for life. Usually like whatever constants they exist in a narrow band where life could exist. And there's good reasons why I don't think that's the case, but it kind of makes intuitive sense at least, you know? Um, and if it were the case that the constants of the universe could have any value, but they just so happen to have this value. I mean, I can see why you might say that's a little hinky, you know, yeah. maybe something wonky going on. I get it. Uh, I don't think that's a good, I don't think that's actually the case. I mean, first of all, we have a sample size of one. So on what basis are you making statistical <laughs> proclamations about what the range the constants can have, you know? Right. Yeah, and so you said that, that you thought this was one of the more interesting or best questions. What made you say that? Well, I think it's um, it's important to understand the best arguments of against your position, right? Mm -hmm. I, I I would go so far as to say is if you can't at least articulate good arguments against your position, then you probably haven't done enough work to understand the other side, right? Yeah, you may I not be you. you may not be convinced by them, but you should at least be able to articulate them, right? And I think the question's good because it makes the atheist think, hey, did I do I actually know the arguments for theism? You know, um, a lot of atheists, unfortunately, don't know the arguments uh, for theism or arguments against right. theism. So, okay. So I have to ask though, you said the ontological argument you find interesting. Why? Well, so are, are you talking, it, are talking about like Anselm's like perfect universe thing? Yes. Yeah. Not like the whole like, I think therefore I am kind of like basic level ontological argument, but like if, if it's possible in any universe, it's possible in all universe kind of things. Like there's some pretty deep stuff and I don't want to get into it now, but yeah, like that kind of thing. Like it's interesting when you start going down the rabbit hole of like what is possible and, and whatnot. So I think, I think it's just my dumb engineer brain just as like, yeah, but, but it's not, you know, like, like, well, no. obviously <laughs> I don't think it is though. Right. <laughs> Like I, I, I remember a SNBC comic where it was like Anselm's uh, uh, ontological argument for the perfect girlfriend. It's like, 
I have a girlfriend. She's the most perfect <laughs> girlfriend in, in the world. You know, she'd be made more perfect if she exists and she's in Canada and you wouldn't know her. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I just think it's interesting to talk about like that. It, it's a fun conversation to have to like play out those, those scenarios. Right. So, but um, you want to go to the next question or. Yep. Let's do it. When we're plowing through these question seven. Most atheists I've met humbly admit that they don't think they can have absolute certainty about much of anything. Mm. But what they want from the Christian is a demonstration that God exists or that Christianity is true. Well, when we offer the reasons to believe that we do have, those are typically deemed not good enough. So what sort of evidence, if any, would be enough to convince you? Do you know? And since it's often a conversation stopper, let's take experimental reproducibility off the table, since that's not even always necessary for science. Okay. So if you're taking experimental reproducibility off the table, like how is that not necessary for science, first of all? Like uh, well, I mean, you've got some arguments in the philosophy of science where uh the question of reproducibility is or it's being the principle is being called into question uh like when you drive into deep theoretical physics like string theory is it being reproducible or te directly testable is that even important that's a question that's being asked i i tend to think yes but <laughs> okay but but when it comes to like what will convince me like being able to reproduce something like would be yeah. first and foremost that'd be um, great uh before we so that's we, off the table though so yeah that's off the table so well, so I don't know exactly what would convince me. Um, if God is omniscient, then he knows what would convince me. And if he's omnipotent, then he's, or even not omnipotent, just powerful, then he is capable of con of giving me the thing he knows that would convince me. And if so he's I, benevolent, he would want to. Right. Right. So we get into the whole... So uh, divine hiddenness, you know? Divine hiddenness, right. Right. I have um, a pretty interesting answer to this one, though, because... I know what convinced me before and I'm pretty sure it would convince me again. Like, right. So personal experience, like if, if I had a very powerful personal experience that I couldn't explain away, you know, through naturalistic means to the point where like I was extremely overwhelmed, like I, I was flawed before and it convinced me, I'm sure it could do it again. That's fair. I mean, I would like to think that if I had a personal experience, like, what's more likely that I'm mistaken about this personal experience or that there's actually an omnipotent omniscient God who cares who I sleep with. Like, you know, like, no. right. I, yeah. But, but that said, there's a reason why if you ask somebody, you know, why they believe in the conversations I've had virtually without exception, I can't think of an exception where personal experience didn't weigh into it. Yeah. I think almost all experiences, yeah. personal experiences relate into somebody's belief in, in a God concept whatsoever. Yeah. Like you, I, I would hope that my past, you know, however many years I've been a skeptic and an atheist would play into weighing that experience and saying, well, maybe I was just, you know, on some bad peyote or something, but the flesh is uh, weak. Flesh yeah. Is weak, so, uh, yeah. So I'm with you, Charlie, Dave, uh, divine hiddenness is one of my chief arguments that convinces me of my atheism. Well, and, and so I will say that divine hiddenness doesn't work for all God concepts. Cause like, maybe it's like a deistic God. He's like Bigfoot and is really good at hide and seek, you know, but it yeah. certainly like at least, um, narrows down the possibility space. Like it, ex it excludes a bunch of very popular God concepts, if nothing else. You know, most most it, concepts it, in the Western world are some sort of triomni or benevolent, you know, right, God. some kind of perfect being deity. Yeah. And so I think divine hiddenness pretty neatly puts that aside, uh, particularly if you're going to keep um, benevolence, like if the God's malevolent in some way, well, then, I mean, he may not want to have a relationship with me because he really wants to throw me in a lake of fire. I don't know. But yeah. like it, it, most people aren't comfortable. <laughs> most people aren't the Calvinists I grew up with and aren't comfortable in a God like that. So yeah. Cool. So the answer to the question, we don't know what would convince us, but a God would, and then maybe personal experience. So let's see what else we got here.
To what extent did social and moral issues start you down the path toward your atheism? That is to say, the typical Christian or religious views on sexuality, gender, rights, and acts and commands of God in the Old Testament. It seems that many deconversion stories online begin with, or at least include, LGBT issues, purity culture, or hell as instrumental in the deconversion process. It strikes me that what should matter most is the truth and not what we might prefer that the truth were. I honestly Amen, wonder how much those issues and ones like them motivate the deconversion rather than all this talk about evidence. Well, I'll leave the patronizing endpoint of that, com that question aside and try evidence. To just <laughs> the question. So um, we already answered this a little bit uh, that at least for me, the change in social views came after I deconverted. But um, I don't think that it's the case that, oh, you just deconverted because of homosexuality or purity culture. Therefore, it's not evidence. I mean, if you look at the Christian claim, morality is supposed to be written on our hearts, right? Mm -hmm. like, like we're constantly told that there's an objective morality that we can all agree with because God gave it to us, right? Well, if I, using the moral sense that I have and using the best reasoning I have available to me, come to the conclusion that homosexuality is not wrong or that sex work is fine or whatever, but I find myself in stark conflict, contrast with the Bible, and if I see things in the Bible that I find morally repugnant, like endorsement of slavery and things like that, I think that it's reasonable to take that as evidence that the claims of the Bible are false, at least some of them. Yeah, no, I had, I had a very similar experience. You know, if you watched one of our first episodes, I talked about, you know, the LGBT issue, which is not an issue, uh, but it is the Christians. But um, that didn't weigh heavily on it. But that was definitely one thing that made me start to question, you know, biblical inerrancy and what was in there. But for me personally, it wasn't so much any of these issues like, oh, well, I have to, I can't rectify this with my belief. So therefore, I need to get rid of my belief. It was more of just, study and like the more I dove deep into Christianity and to the study of, of the Bible that I was like this just doesn't hold water yeah. so Icarus uh brings up a good point you want to highlight that there yeah people so I think that's true for a lot of people um that the LGBT stance of the Western church and it's not just to be fair not all Christians is, Christianity is a, is a wildly uh diverse religion you know, and mm -hmm. so I, I have a good friend of mine, a pastor we've had on the podcast for Art Wright, who's extremely accepting, very pro LGBT, like like great guy, great church, right? So it's certainly not the case that Christianity equals anything like that. But I, I agree, like a lot of people have this this feel, whether it's from their society or whatever, that this is right, and there's that cognitive dissonance with the biblical tradition they're being brought up to, and that kind of tension can lead to questioning, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, you want to let's see if there's anything else in the chat before we move on. Uh, Ozzy and I had an experience of a demon ghost as a child, uh, but I figured out the natural causes. Lost 100 pounds, got out of the dusty room. Why? Oh, I guess that was what was causing your sleep apnea and stuff. Well, I'm glad you feel better. Uh, <laughs> I also had um, supernatural experiences when I was a Christian. Um, I remember one specifically where like I felt I, I encountered a demon, you know, uh, in my sleep. Weird how that happened during my sleep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah so like, I, I firmly believe I had an encounter with the supernatural, but, um, more likely that I was just wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so lots of lots of chats and stuff in the comments, which is great. We weren't expecting that, so we really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, special revelation implies that we all know it's true, and that's the claim of Christians. If I know that God is not true, that defeats the claim too. So uh, I think that's kind of talking about the Romans one twenty uh, thing, you know, uh, where I forget the exact phrasing, but basically everyone knows God's, but some suppress the truth and yeah. their unrighteousness. Uh, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Um, that, as I think we've mentioned on the podcast before, I think that is the single worst thing that a Christian can use when talking to an atheist. It's a 
non-sexual. You you shut the conversation down right there because I know that I don't believe. And so if you're telling me that I'm not, then you just proved right. to me that God doesn't exist, right? Well, you, you at least proved to me the Bible's wrong. So well, if, yeah. you've to- if you've told me the Bible says you believe, well, there is not much that I can know with 100% certainty. But one of those things is what is going on in my brain right now. Well, like 99%. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there can be some like tension. Um, you can have uh, uh, beliefs that may not have been fully formed, you know, or mm-hmm. kind of almost subconscious that that is a thing that can happen. But like, this isn't something I haven't thought about. I've thought about this a lot, you know, uh, Probably more than like, anything else. Right. <laughs> it's not like, like, like I'm, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I just walked out of a jungle, you know, and somebody is like, Hey, do you believe in God? It's like, God, I don't know what you're talking uh, about. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like, I've thought about it a lot. So if you're telling me the Bible says that you believe that God exists, I know for a fact I don't. So what you've told me is the Bible's wrong. Like you've undercut your argument. So even if you believe this, it's it's not helping. You you should not use it. Even if you think it's true, it's not a good argument. But like it's the and the the, the, the person's only options at that point is to either concede that the Bible's wrong, which if they're bringing this up, they're probably not going to do, or call you a liar, like. <laughs> Or or right. a liar or or a fool like 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 you're delusional or something you know none of those are great ways to have a conversation. I think so. I read the original Greek and uh, we've been translating it wrong all this time. It's actually it's the fool who says in his heart that he lacks a belief in a god. So oh okay, well um, there you go. Yeah yeah. So well the Bible. If if anybody would know what atheists are, it would be God. Yeah yeah. All right, you want to get this next uh, <laughs> next Drive one? on number nine. Can you name the last three academic books you read by theists on the subject? How long ago did you read them? Or is most of your understanding of apologetics and atheism from non-scholarly internet sources, pop-level books, and let's face it, YouTube videos? And be honest with yourself about this. Anyone can Google up a list of books and paste them in the comments section. But I want to know, are you getting the best from the other side? The irony. Dude, oh my gosh. irony of a Christian apologist on YouTube trying to make me feel bad for listening to Christian apologists on YouTube is just perfect. Oh, <laughs> but just the assumptions that he's making too, right? Like if I find that more atheists study the other side, atheists study the other side more than any other thing. Like for example, like I don't find Christians out there studying atheist topics or reading atheist, you know, books as much is what uh, we do. I, I would bet that as a proportion of the population, more atheists have read Swinburne than Christians have read Poppy. Yeah. And Richard Swinburne is, that's some dense stuff, man. <laughs> like, right. Now, now I'm not saying it's a large proportion of either population. Right. I'm just saying. Uh, so, so, well, let's, let's answer the question though. What was the last book that you read that you can remember reading or that so, you, I'll say I don't remember reading a book on theism claims. I've read books on like, well, like, like, like Case for Christ and things like that. So I don't read too many books. I have read several articles. So right. like I've, I've read some peer reviewed articles from William Lane Craig and some from Swinburne. Um, like Craig's was on his Kalam argument and on fine tuning and something else. And uh, I think Swinburne's might have been on Free Will. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so I, I've read more papers, and I I couldn't tell you like because I, I don't like keep a catalog in my brain of. Like, oh, I've read in I've read. Uh, JSTOR uh, 1977. Yeah. You know, whatever. I'm just really no, bad I, at that. So, so I I am way more likely to have read a paper than I have like go get a book. And I will say too, make a good point there that. Journals and articles tend to be where the real scholarly work is done, right? Very rarely do they put something like a big book form, like they do, but like, you know, Alvin Plantiga, for example, like I just read a paper of his a couple weeks ago. Um, but if for me, um, I have a couple books, actually, I always keep books at my desk, but I'm reading Sanctified Vision, which is, um, it's a book on the early Christian interpretation of the Bible. Uh, by John O'Keefe. Uh, and then I'm reading a book by Walter Brueggemann called The Bible Makes Sense. 
So like I always have something on my nightstand, you know, like a book that I'm trying to read and go through just so I can keep fresh of the of the topics because I find it interesting. So, so Charlie Dave, I agree. Lots of Christians wouldn't live up to the standard that Braxton is that his name? I assume this guy's name. Braxton is asking for here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I I absolutely agree. And I think um, while it, it is good to hear the best arguments from either side, we already talked about that. So that, so like if the point he's making is that you should engage with the best content that challenges your position if that's something you're interested in i agree with that point but what he seems to be saying is well if you haven't recently read a scholarly article from a christian then you haven't really examined the question well how would he go up to a christian and say well have you read poppy well then i guess you're not really a christian then you know like right. I, yeah. I i guarantee he doesn't hold them to the same standard no i totally and it's just it just kind of rubs me wrong that he's just assuming that atheists don't look into the topic, but they just kind of well, willy nilly make a decision and just, and you know. Ozian also brings up a good point. He said he he's made videos about Hinduism, Islam, and Christianity. That's a good point too. There, especially in the West, um, there seems there tends to be this this concept in Christian apologetics that it's Christianity and atheism, and those those are your options, you know. But it's like there's a lot of theistic claims, you know, and. Right. I'll be honest, I have read very little uh, scholarly work in any kind of tradition that's not a Western religion, religious tradition. That's probably failing on my part. Um, but I, I think that if you're going to criticize me for not reading enough Christian philosophy, then in order to be consistent, if, if, if that's the only way to have consider yourself informed on the topic, then you should be able to rattle off Islamic philosophers and Jewish philosophers and, hin and Hindu philosophers and everything else, you know, because how do you know that your religious tradition is the right one? Right. Yeah. And I think if we lived in like a predominantly like Hindu culture, we would be reading works on Hinduism, right? Or like, yeah, I mean, I, so uh, we're just faced more with, with this sort of, you know, theism, yeah. but. Uh, Icarus asks what atheist arguments work against polytheism? Well, uh, I guess that would depend, again, on exactly what is the nature of these polytheistic gods, you know, so if they are such that they would want to have a relationship with us, or conversely, if uh, they are meant to intervene in the world. So if you're thinking of like ancient paganism, where uh, gods having impact on the world was like the whole point, right? You, sure. you, the whole point of the cult was to get gods to intervene in the world. Then we should be able to see things. We should be able to, to see them interfering in the world, right? So like divine hiddenness in that sense. Would Still kind of works. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, not polydeism, it's polytheism. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like, well, I agree in principle that you can't put God in the test tube, you know, like I, I you may not be able to experimentally show that God exists or doesn't exist. If this God is supposed to be reaching down and touching the earth, then at that point he's gotten his hands dirty and we should be able to detect that. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like he, it's either going to be the case that his interference is indistinguishable from no interference, in which case we don't need him, or not like it's either detectable. So we should be able to detect it or it's not detectable, in which case it's indistinguishable from nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, yeah, Icarus says if God is everywhere, he's in the test tube as well. Well, he he would be the test tube, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it, it gets back to the uh, falsifiability thing, and and I think while while not everything, something being unfalsifiable doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Like if it's unfalsifiable, if it makes no unfalsifiable claims, then how am I supposed to test it? How am I supposed to distinguish from a world where that's true? Versus a world where it's not true. And if you can't, then it might as well. Then it might like as well it not be true. Right. Exactly. Right. So. We should just go with whatever the simplest explanation is at that point. Well, let's hit this 10th question here, and then maybe we could take some more questions from the chat. Number 10. Going to be a good one. Let's finish with a pretty common one. If you found out today to your satisfaction that Christianity were true, would you accept God's authority, repent of your sins, and trust Jesus as your king? Um, I will answer this one. I would not because I don't 
like if Christianity was true, whole cloth, like the Christianity that's presented in the New Testament, you know, especially through the letters of Paul, I would find it abhorrent and I would not want to partake in that. I would still believe that Jesus was a God or the son of a God or the brother of a second cousin to God and was adopted, whatever your Christianity is, but I don't think I would worship. So So this is a good question. Um, Like you said, if I was convinced that God exists, then by definition, I would not be an atheist anymore. Right. Right. Um, So I, I would believe in that sense. It would depend on what exactly I've been convinced of. If I have been convinced that God is what the Christians say he is, particularly that I've been convinced he is benevolent. Mm. Well, I guess then I would, right? Because that somehow my concerns have been addressed. But if I've merely been convinced that there's some powerful being that the Christians are calling God, and that's all I've been convinced of, then I have some serious questions. Like, I mean, before I would, I would like to think I'd have some serious <laughs> questions. On the other hand, I really super don't want to die. And living forever sounds like a pretty sweet deal. So, right. Because at that point, you're like, oh, eternity. This is a real thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, really, really would prefer up there to the lake of fire. Uh, But, like, I feel like I I would like to think that I would have the moral fiber to be able to say, to, to ask the hard questions like childhood cancer. What the hell is that about? Or, like, was the Holocaust really necessary? Like, like what gives with the horrible evils that people like famine? What, why, why did, why, why did, why do volcanoes, why destroy villages? Why do mudslides happen? Like, why do children die in the womb? What is going on? You know? Yeah. And so, and, and even beyond that, like slavery, what, what was the deal there? You can beat your slave as long as he doesn't die. What the hell, man? Like yeah. you were supposed it- to know better. So I think that's why I say like, I I wouldn't worship that God because I could, I think I could rationalize like belief and then just be like, you're a shitty God. (laughs) Uh, Right. And so I will say though, like I, I will go so far as to say that if God is the being that they say he is, if he is actually loving and omniscient, then I would say he wouldn't want me to worship him under that circumstance. If somehow I've been convinced of his existence, but I honestly believe, mistakenly perhaps, but I honestly believe that he is a monster. Then what God would want me to bend the knee? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't I be showing better moral character by resisting? I think he would be. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's a big hypothetical what if. Like, if I somehow believe that Christianity was true, and in that belief I had satisfactory reasons and all these theodicies made sense to me, then I might worship, but I find that really hard to, to get to. Uh, so that was that was 10 questions. Uh, I think we're kind of done with the Trinity uh, Braxton video. Um, uh, creation Miss, Dr. Dan, thanks for showing up. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Boom. Congrats on 50 shows. Thank you. Uh, people don't realize how much work actually goes into doing a show like between the the preparation that Jordan and I both do to, you know, do all the research um, because we like to practice what we preach <laughs> and we like to actually go through, find peer reviewed scholarly, you know, research. We like to get citations. We don't just cherry pick. So like, we don't just find one article and say, Oh, this one supports what we thought. Like two, at two. least two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of work. And then the post processing editing uh, afterwards. Um, so 50 have- is, I have people who do that. Yeah, he has a, he has a guy. <laughs> yeah, I have a guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Charlie, Dave, there's a whole argument that uh, God is the arbiter of what is good due to having perfect knowledge. So, yeah, like, um, it, I, I get this from um, Christians, too. I'm, I'm sure you get it all the time that, like, God defines what's good. Like, we have an objective standard because God says so. It seems like that's just subjective. It's just somebody else's subjective opinion. Like, right, because who, and God could who, just change his opinion, right? Like, who, di- who died and made him God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Jesus, uh, actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I, I agree. I would find God morally objectionable. And let, let's be real. Like, this God supposedly made me, right? He, I'm fear- lovingly and fearfully made, right? He made me. 
he made me with the moral fiber that I have, you know? So like, I, what choice do I have? Like if we're getting down to it, if he actually designed me the way I am, then he didn't really leave me with much choice. Like if you're like, Hey, your choices are to worship someone who thinks that slavery is fine or not. Like, you haven't left me with much choice here, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that you think you have choice at all is kind of funny. So, uh, well, I'm not sure I do. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, Free will. That's a different <laughs> type of topic, but yeah. Uh, 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 Ozian talks of loving God would care more about your actions than you worshiping him. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. the whole premise is like, and it's weird. Like none of this, none of this stuff. Uh, I don't want to say it didn't occur to me, but it just didn't find purchase with me when I was a believer you know, but like, it, it's almost like a mafia boss. Like, Hey, nice soul. You got there. Sure. Be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lucky for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I got a solution for you. <laughs> Just eat this yeah. cracker, drink this grape juice. It's blood and skin. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it it I I agree. Like, it, it would seem that action should be what what matters. Like like if God is actually loving, omnipotent. What does He care what I think? You know, it seems like we get to the pearly gates. Like, okay, well, I mean, you did the best you could with the knowledge you had. You were wrong about whether I existed. Okay, but I mean, you helped that little lady cross the street, and you weren't a dick to everybody you met. So come on in. And you, who said they knew me, but you know, hung out with child molesters and uh, domestic abusers not that i know anybody like that cough sft cough uh, <laughs> then i mean like get the hell out of here like why why would a loving god want to hang out with kent hoven not me that's what i'm saying right yeah so icarus uh, says atheist calvinism god may be an atheist who am i to question him and then christopher <laughs> kind of plays off that and says i've asked this question a couple times uh christians if god exists and christianity is correct then 107 billion humans who have lived and practiced you know one of the 1,000 religions, how many are in heaven? You know, are there 94 billion people burning in hell? Like, so, so I'll say this. The, usually the answer I get for that is, well, if they didn't receive the word, then I trust God to be a just and kind God. Right. And so they didn't. So they'll be judged on whatever standard, which like, hang on. So they get to be judged for just being good people, but because I happen to be born in America, I'm screwed. Right. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah. yeah. What kind of no, I, what kind of rinky dink show are we running here? <laughs> it's a great question though, because what about, you know, like at what point do you draw the line in human evolution too, to where even God concepts were a thing, right? So like the first God concepts and all that stuff. Like at some point God would have had to say, Oh, at starting here. This is where, you know, after this point, you have to believe okay. in me. So this Australopithecus afarensis, I, I butchered that, I'm sure. But that you're yeah. good. But G that Guts one Gibbons little generation. Yeah. Screaming at you now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lucy, you're good. You're cool. Everybody else, though, straight, straight down. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so I, I think a lot of this can be removed. Um, if 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 you're willing to compromise on some of the conceptions in of God, so like if you're willing to compromise on benevolence, a lot of these go away because if God's just kind of a dick, then you know, yeah. then cool. ninety four billion people are burning in hell, and he's cool. And it's there, fine, so. you know, yeah. getting, out, getting out your marshmallows. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's that. But um, also, like if you remove eternal conscious torment, if like every if you you're some brand of universalist, everybody all dogs go to heaven, you know then like okay i mean i guess that removes at least some of the problem or if it, maybe it's like a good place situation which i love show. that show yes so yeah. good right yeah yeah one of the best shows uh, it's a show that i have laughed and cried in the same oh, man. like within it's the span so of great. 10 minutes yeah you know amazing so show but uh like you just like do over and do over and do over till you get mm. it right you know like <laughs> yeah that's cool like there's so many ways to make this not repugnant Let's just mm -hmm. do that, you know? Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's almost like looking at the morality of the Bible with endorsing slavery and stuff. It's almost like it was just kind of written down with the best understanding they have at the time. 
and then nobody changed it later. Yeah, it's like, you know, you can improve on those ideas, right? Like we had the age of, uh, we had the enlightenment, all this stuff, you know, it's like, right. come on. So, so um, Charlie Dave says it's one of the few shows I actually own all the boxes for. So it's funny. So I, I turned Jared onto the show, yes. but my wife uh, was like watching the show. So I don't watch a ton of TV. I only watch TV with my wife and um, she was, so she watches a bunch of shows like on her own. And she was watching The Good Place and she was kind of explaining it to me. And I was like, well, I sh yeah, I'll watch it. And so I like watched the first episode. I was like, this is amazing. And she's like, oh, I didn't think you'd be interested. It's just a show about philosophical questions about God and comedy with a uh, hot blonde woman as the lead. I was like, have you never met me? Like <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, that's our show. We don't want to keep going on forever. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any more questions for us, but we don't want to. We want to respect your time. And thanks, guys, for showing up. Uh, yeah, this was fun. More than um, the zero people that I anticipated showing up. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a lot of uh, in store as the you know we go on to fifty more episodes, maybe. But um, uh, we look forward to continuing to be skeptical. And you know, always asking the questions and um, yeah. remembering like, we always have reasons to doubt for things. So, like, comment, subscribe, do that whole dance. And you know, seriously, if you have uh, topics you want us to hit in the future, let us know. Um, as if it bears on skepticism in any way, it doesn't have to be religious. We've talked about general skepticism, so flat Earth, creationism, anti-vax, whatever. Uh, it seems <laughs> like the world never ceases to give us. BS to debunk. So <laughs> there's more and more every day. So yeah. Anyways, thanks a bunch guys for showing up. Appreciate it. And remember till next time you always have reason to doubt. Peace out.